Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Sentai Brothers Super Show. Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode, what, is this our fourth Creature Royale, Dave? Uh, yes, I think so, but I wouldn't swear to it. Well, this, in any case, is the Creature Royale. Uh, the internet's best and only <laughs> podcast talking about the last like twelve monsters from uh, Chojin Sentai Jetman. Uh, Chojin Sentai, right? I remember. Yes. That. Okay. Uh, every time we do this, we talk about the monsters from Jetman. We remember what we loved about them so much, and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother. Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. The twins slept super well last night, so I got a like basically a full night's sleep, which almost never happens. Uh so I feel pretty amazing, actually. Nice. Well, it is good, Dave, that you've got that energy because we are going into the home stretch of the yeah. Creature Royale catch-up episodes. We're finally doing it. We had talked about getting all of... I, I think that one like over a full calendar year ago, we had discussed getting all of the monsters done before we started Kaku Ranger. Yeah, that was a beautiful dream. But now, Dave, that dream is finally coming to fruition because we are going to finish the monsters today. And then as we go into O-Ranger, we will be able to compare every O-Ranger monster to every... Die Ranger, Jetman, and Cocky Ranger monster. Yup. So what, Dave, is our first monster of this episode? So the first monster of this episode, Matt, is the Adhesive Cockroach. The Adhesive Cockroach. Yeah. So the Adhesive Cockroach, if you don't quite remember, uh, he is a cockroach that is mashed up with like super glue uh i think he had like super glue glue like on his arms and legs but he did have like some sort of cannon like a super glue cannon sort of thing yes and he would like you know he would glue people to the ground and like then run away from them uh the thing that i think was very clever about the adhesive cockroach is that since he was a cockroach he was able to scurry away from getting defeated like, every time they would pull out their guns to shoot at him, like, he was a cockroach. He would just, like, scurry away and crawl, crawl, like, underneath a car and they couldn't get at him. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that part of it. So the way they defeated the adhesive cockroach is this is the episode where they got those new laser guns that, like, homed in on the monsters. So you could, like, shoot lasers around corners and stuff so this guy couldn't get away from them. Uh, basically, he was just That's an excuse right. to introduce these new laser guns. Uh, but it was cool. Yeah, it was not, like, a super fascinating uh, monster. Although I did really like the fact that he kind of scurried. Uh, that They got the idea of his, like, cockroach physicality in there. Uh, I thought that was pretty fun. But Dave, we're not here to decide whether or not he was pretty fun. We're here to decide where he goes on the list. So, I do not think this dude goes particularly high. No, uh, I would agree with you. I think he's definitely down uh, in the bottom half, at least. So, Matt, the uh, the total monster list is 96 monsters. So, bottom half is uh, anything 49 or lower, which I think is... Uh, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at. Actually, that's super convenient... Ring priestesses, well, sorry, jewelry priestesses holding super strong in the exact middle of the pack. Number forty-nine with a bullet. Yeah, almost exactly. Number 49, 50, and 51. And I, I frankly, I don't, I think they're below that. Um, or adhesive cockroaches below that. Oh, yeah, dude. Because, like, below that, you've still got a lot of really good monsters. Yeah, like, there's Sunakake Baba, the Sandwich, the Purse Monk with his sweet, sweet dunks. Face Licker. The Drunken Kung Fu Tofu Hermit. Yeah. I am looking... I don't know, man. I'm looking pretty low on the list here. I was gonna say, man, even going down, we're down in like... There's Archbishop Saw is at spot 82. Empress Juza. 
Uh, okay. How about this? Well, I probably like him better than Kasabake the Umbrella Monster. That was the, I'll say that. That was the dude Umbrella Monster, right? That was the dude. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, the Kanabake, I think, is the other one. She's she's rather higher on the list. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm pretty comfortable putting him down there. That puts him in the 90s. And again, like, there's really nothing actively does. wrong with the adhesive cockroach. He's just a fat lot on nothing. Yeah, like there's just like I said, he's sort of fun, but there's nothing there's nothing incredibly brilliant there. So Okay, you know what? Actually, I like him better than vending machine dimension. I'll go that high. Okay. I like him better than vending machine dimension. I don't like him as much as the funeral figurine ventriloquist, because at least the funeral figurine ventriloquist, that's a mouthful had kind of a cool uh, hook, you know, and like the reverse, like the big one was actually the, yeah, the yeah. puppet and the little one was. Yeah, I mean, so, adhesive cockroach is literally just a sticky bug. So yeah. like we can put it pretty low. So that's going to put him at what? Number 88 on our list. That is correct. So Matt, next on the list after adhesive cockroach is, let me scroll up, the poison gas rat. Okay, the poison gas rat. If you will recall, this is a biodimensional beast that was made when the biodimensional bug got thrown onto just a drum full of poison like chemicals that somebody had dumped yes. into a lake Cause that, yeah, because was, this show was from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very Captain Planet sort of episode because the dudes who dumped these poison chemicals literally like rolled up in a shady truck, like looked around, and then just tossed these toxic waste barrels into... A water supply. Yeah. So in this episode, they kept having to fight him, and he had this like terrible corrosive breath that would dissolve their guns. Oh, that's um, right. But it also, I think it, it blinded Akko at one point. So she was fighting blind and trying to protect a little girl who desperately needed to have surgery and needed to draw courage from her dove friend. To be able to be brave enough to go into surgery. And for some oh, reason, this involved right. fighting a rat. Dude, that... I forget exactly what it was, but, like, that whole dove thing was really, really, really weird. Yeah, well, you know, it was like, one of those I bits. almost want to go back and, and read an episode synopsis for that. Because well, if, if you're looking for it, I, I remember... Strange. The episode was called The Fighting Courage Given by a Dove. And the the dove friend that the little girl had had, like, flown into her hospital room while the dove was sick, perhaps from pollution. And she had gotten some sort of, like, empathic bond with the bird, like Falcon does with Red Wing. And could, oh, like, see out right. of the bird's eyes. I don't know. Maybe she had, like, some weird low-level resonance with birdonic energy. These are probably all, like, observations and jokes that I we think made a year we, and a half ago. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that we uh, we theorized that during the actual episode itself. That, yeah, there was some weird stuff going on with her. Uh, but we're not reading her, really, because she was pretty rad. Oh yeah, little magic girls We're who can see through the eyes of the birds. Like that's rat. very good. This this was a rat that like blinded Akko for a little bit and melted some guns with some terrible breath. I would say better yep. than Oh hold on. There was a pollution monster in Kaku Ranger. What was oh, that dude was. called? Um... And where is he on the list? Because I think that's probably a good place to start looking. Yeah, Matt, there was. Um, where is he? Enra, Enra, Enra. He is at spot number 36. Uh, and he was that, like, crazy, like, aerosol can cloud monster. Yeah, he, like, sucked up pollution and turned it into, uh, like, laughing gas and then anger gas. And I think a third gas that was just, like, toxic. Um, I'm pretty, I think it was, I think there was, like, a flamethrower gas in there somewhere as well. Okay, well... I do not dig. I do not dig poison gas red as much as Enra Enra. I'll say that. No, much. no, no. Enra Enra made um, um, the look is... Shogun like collapse into a fit of laughter with its like weird magic laughing gas. 
Uh, and yeah, that was a beautiful a gift that he gave us. Super cool look. Also, yeah, and poison gas rat's not nearly as cool of a look. Uh, well, we could pop down. There's Kamaitachi, the circle weasel. Oh, so dude, he's he, also like a rodent monster. Yeah, but, but Kama Itachi was the the principal of a school where he was turning children into yokai. Yeah. Okay. So if we're thinking top half for this dude, and, I, and I'm cool with that. Yeah, the very I mean, honestly, the... I'm not. I'm not married to top half. I don't know if I like. I don't like. Okay. I don't like him as much as Copy Empress, and Copy Empress is at number fifty-four. Yeah. Okay. So let's look down. I'd okay, be better or worse. throwing him around like Nurakabe. You know, that's actually just what I was going to say. I was going to say Four Kings of Heaven. So there's Nurakabe, the wall monster. And uh, just below that is Karakasa, the other umbrella that we were actually just talking about a second ago. And then above that is Kappa and Rokurokubi. Um, I, I would go above Kappa and Rokurokubi. Well, For the poison no. gas rat? No, no, no. Let me take that back. Because Kappa turns Seikai and Saizo into Kappa, which is incredible. Uh, that's actually... No, Nui did that. But Kappa was like the first dude in the first episode. Oh, that's right. Okay. So... Um, and like he like he and Rooker Rookerby were married. There was a whole thing. I'm... I would probably put Poison Gas Rat like down by Count Kaleidoscope below the Four Kings of Heaven. And the... Like right, yeah. I'd put him a. I'd put him below Duke Trump. I'd put I, him below Purse Monk. Dude, Purse Monk got those sick dunks. Poison Gas Rat has no say, dunks at all. Poison Gas Rat didn't dunk at all. Dorotabo, the dude who really loved TV, got into a uh, like a cage death death match with uh, Jiraiya. Uh, Poison then, Gas Rat never did that. Okay, here's what I'm going to say, Matt. I'm going to say above. Diamond Dimension, because Diamond Dimension is not actually that cool of a monster, but did have a really great episode. Okay, I'm comfortable with that. Okay, so just above Diamond Dimension is the Poison Gas Rat. Matt, who is our next monster? Dave, our next monster is Ant Bazooka. Now, why they did not call this guy Soldier Ant, I will never know. Yeah, really, that was a definitely a missed opportunity. Okay, so let's talk about Ant Bazooka and why he was genuinely upsetting, but probably doesn't go that high on the list. Well, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. So Ant Bazooka as just like a monster that they had to fight was a, not a whole lot of stuff going on. But that's not all Ant Bazooka was. Ant Bazooka was also the dude who, like, I think, if I'm not mistaken either controlled ants or was comprised of ants that would bite people and then turn those people into the, like half human half ants that became ravenously hungry oh yeah it was a weird like horror episode where cowrie turned into an ant person and like ate a family's dog and a field of cattle oh like, yeah leaving only the bleached bones in the sunlight it was genuinely upsetting but i don't know how much of that was ant bazooka and how much of that was tran doing stuff and it was all ant related so i have to assume it's all sort of connected man uh yeah uh now that you say it i remember that episode and it was very upsetting. Now, Ant Bazooka did, like, definitely lose within the course of one episode, and he lost so hard that the other Viram commanders mocked Tran's, like, idea to use Ant Bazooka and mocked him so viciously that Tran got so mad that he went through puberty and aged 10 years. That's right. Man, so okay, Bazooka, well, but we can't... Ant Bazooka appears at a very pivotal moment in the series, and he is genuinely horrifying. Um, well, the effect that he has on people is genuinely horrifying, but he's just like a big ant dude with a gun arm. Yeah. Like, he himself is not... Like, not that great. Yeah, but he's not that bad. Again, if we are giving him credit for the, like, ant transformation stuff... And if we are, I am going to look around a sickle weasel if we're just thinking about, like, 
dudes who are in like cool, creepy episodes where humans like are transformed into monsters. That's okay, a good I can take that. Me. No, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, I don't like him as much as Sickle Weasel. Oh, neither do I. Sickle Weasel has a jetpack. Yeah, precisely. So, well, I'll tell you though. Right under that is the Shooting Doji Brothers, and I might like. Well, man, it's tough. It's whenever we get into these ones where it's really based on the kind of the strength and craziness of the episode itself. It it kind of throws me a little bit. Um, okay, here's what I like about the Shooting Doji Brothers. The Shooting Doji Brothers have a backstory. They are characters who were like stuck in a dungeon, and Young Noble Junior busts them out of jail, like on the condition that they go murder the Kaka Rangers, and then they just like hang out in the woods and stalk our heroes for two episodes. Like, yeah, the Shooting okay. Doji Brothers don't have like a cool like visual hook they're just like two monster bros but i they are real characters and i like that and think it gives them an edge over ant bazooka yeah okay so here's what i'm gonna say what about but down i don't think they go much below like right below that is um yeah i was gonna say let's say just underneath the shooting doji brothers because then we're into the disease monster and oborogumara who I like, but Oberogumara is mostly this high on the list because he's just got like the most amazing visual hook. Yeah. So, and plus, you do genuinely feel bad for Oberogumara when he is a taxi driver being thoroughly abused by his uh, fares. Yeah. So, Aunt Bazooka comes in at spot number forty-two, just underneath the Shooting Doji Brothers map. The next monster on our list is the Torpedo Piranha. Dave, the Torpedo Piranha sucks. I was going to say, I'm going to say he's pretty low on this list because I don't really remember him basically at all. Okay, I had to like do a little research when I saw him on the list to remember what this guy's deal was. And okay. the reason you don't remember him is because he's basically a non-entity. After... Tran trans like changes into Tranza, okay. And kidnaps Ryu, and they go off to like have that weird, f- another one of those like weird fights in a cage in the desert, mm-hmm. uh, in an electrified cage. It was amazing. Uh, Tran was about to kill Ryu, and then um, Radigat sent Torpedo Piranha to go kill the both of them. But, like, he basically just shows up, kind of distracts them for a minute. And oh, then gets yeah. And then just gets killed. rocked. Yeah. So, I'm going to yeah, say, like, this dude is in the low 90s. Like, he's, well, he kind of looks like if the Bi-Beast was a fish with missile teeth, which is, like, kind of cool. But it's not cool enough. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he probably goes down at the bottom. Maybe the only person that he beats is a magnet priest and again you kind of just can't get worse than magnet priest who's just defeated by his own powers yeah like so so yeah i I mean let's we can just go ahead and straight up put him at number what would that be 90 he's the new number 99 yeah he's the new number 99 he beats out father magnet father magnet that's what that dude's called or he, maybe he was called the Magnet Priest. You know, we pull... Uh, we I, I, I try to pull these names in a way that makes sense, but I'm getting them from a couple of different sources, and there's different translations, so... Torpedo Piranha. And then uh, Dave, Matt, stay, up... stay down there. Because this next say... one is either going to go right above or right below, because it's Laser Lizard. Laser Lizard exists in, like, the first two minutes of the Hammer Chameleon episode. And Hammer mm-hmm. Chameleon's going to go pretty high. Laser Lizard only exists to die in, like, the cold open and then have them capture the biodimensional bug that was stuck to him. Yeah. That's his whole... That's it for that guy. So... Yeah, I would say... Below Torpedo Piranha? Um, hmm, 
Yeah, I'm cool with that. I mean, I feel a little bad not giving him more, a uh, little more screen or you know, discussion time in Listen, this episode. Man. But there's literally nothing to talk about. Yeah, like he shows up, he dies, and then we get. No, I do always like it when they throw a monster into the beginning of an episode to show you that like the heroes are doing stuff in between when we see them. Yeah, I do dig that. So next up, Matt is though Hammer Chameleon. Okay, who rules? Hammer Chameleon rules school. Like, let's look at the top of this list. Okay, so I think I don't. I don't think we need to look at the very very top of the list. No. I'm not putting him up by. Golly, Sensei. But, but like, well? but okay. Top, top, like third of this list rounds out with like a bus dimension, paper dimension, and apartment building dimension. A uh, hammer chameleon is a chameleon monster that turns invisible, and one of his hands is a claw hammer. And if you destroy, if you defeat him, but don't entirely destroy his body. He can, like Dr. Kurt Connors the Lizard, regrow himself from a limb. Which is yeah. backwards from Kurt Connors the Lizard, but you know what I mean. Right, so I was going to say, man, I don't like him more than Gali Sensei, but I might like him... He might come in just under Gali Sensei. Okay, so what's Gali right S- under that? Under Gali Sensei is the Hungry Wolf the Demon. The Hungry Wolf Demon, and then the Key Clown. And then Dryer um... Dimension. Okay, I think maybe I am looking below Key Clown above Dryer Dimension. How do we feel about that? I'm into that, man. That makes sense to me. Hammer Chameleon is like watching them try to fight an invisible dude. And in, and especially when that invisible dude, when he turns visible, is so like bright and kind of cartoonish looking. Because his it's hand a good, is a literal look. claw hammer. It's so good. Yeah. And then Ryu and his, like, old friend have to, like, play rugby with this uh, uh, frozen biodimensional bug. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, that was a, uh, that's a very good episode. So... speaking of amazing episodes, Dave. Speaking of amazing episodes, Matt. Is Sniper Cat. Dude. Sniper Cat. Sniper Cat is the least cool part of the episode that he's in, but it's only because his episode is full of the most cool things of all time. Uh, Sniper Cat, if you do not recall, is in the episode of Jetman where um, Guy and Gray, like Guy's, fr- uh, all of the Jetmen except for Guy, have been transformed into like little statuettes that look like the top of a shampoo bottle. And yes. Gray's like heart circuit has been ripped out of his chest. And so in an effort to like, you know, one of them is trying to get over the other one. Uh, they decide to show up to a casino to gamble to see who is going to win and get their like friends. Or That's right. Back. Sniper right. Cat is so the it's... monster in that episode that zaps like four of the five. Uh, Jetman and turns them into those little statuettes. Right. Yes. 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 Uh, and then it turns luck. out at the right. It turns out at the end, like the casino is actually Jet Icarus, right? No. Where Jet Icarus has been. Has hold, been that's right. Jet Icarus has been holding the casino and has been like tilting it to give Guy an advantage. This is amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Actually, Matt. I I think I have like a really good heart starting spot. How do you feel about right around Heatwave Hood? Because I feel like Heatwave Hood is basically in the exact same spot. He's in an amazing. He is like the catalyst for an amazing, amazing episode. Even though he himself is not actually like particularly fascinating. Okay, I think that's a good starting place, but I would definitely go above Heatwave Hood cuz I think that Sniper Cat, like Heatwave Hood is cool cuz like he's got a horse, I guess. Um and he does have a hell dimension in his stomach, which is cool. But Snipe like I was going to say, look let's up not a picture about of that. Sniper Cat because Sniper Cat has like 
half of his body is made out of like this weird like pixelated fate like human faces uh that like run all up and down one of his sides with because i think he has been like turning people into things and like it's it's a very weird look um but oh, it is yeah. super great okay yeah I, I remember this dude now I don't know if I... Okay, so I want to put him above Heatwave Hood. Above Heatwave Hood right now is Apartment Building Dimension. And I don't think he goes above that. Man, I don't know. Because again, Apartment Building Dimension... Well, Apartment Building Dimension sort of was the... No, I'm cool with that. Because Apartment Building Dimension was a rad monster that also had a rad episode. Yeah, because Apartment Building Dimension... Don't forget, it was not just a building that stood up and they had to fight it. But when they were inside of apartment building dimension, it was like this weird haunted house thing. Right. So Sniper Cat, I think, then just below apartment building dimension, comes in at spot number 28, just above the heat wave hood. Okay, Dave, what is next on our list? Is the Meteor Bem, B-E-M. Mm-hmm. And I, that's, that means a thing, but I don't remember what it is. Uh, that stands for bug-eyed monster, which oh, is like right. old, yeah, thank you. like old slang for aliens from like old sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. So meteor which makes bam. sense because the meteor bam um, was a monster who was a, who does genuinely look like an old fifties like movie alien. Right. And now this is a brilliant plant because what they did is they found an anti-Bradonic wave meteor. And used the biodimensional bug to turn that into a monster. So they basically made a kryptonite golem to fight Superman. Yeah. Is kind which of is how they got super down. Super great. Yeah, like that's a pretty brilliant idea. Um I remember again, the monster himself is not it's kind of an odd look, but it's such like a it's such a fascinating idea. Like, to, yeah. to have a monster, like you said, it's basically made out of kryptonite. And they're like, yeah, just go fight the kryptonite monster. But they couldn't fight him, and that's why they had to bring in the Neo Jetman. That's right, the Neo Jetman. And then the uh, Neo... Like, Crisis on Infinite Dance, right? Uh, and then, like, they couldn't get away from the Neo... Or the Neo Jetman still couldn't beat the Meteor Bam, and it was destroying the base. And then, like, our heroes had to, like, come back and fight, even though they didn't have their Jetman powers. And it was very... It was a great... It it was such a good Chief episode. Because Chief was having to deal with, like, this horrible, horrible man who had been, like, trying to supplant her. That's right. So Boy, I, I hope listen, that you guys any... watched Jetman because otherwise none of this is making any sense. Yeah. Anytime uh, we see the monsters or the rangers fighting for some reason, not having their powers, like I'm kind of automatically in love with that episode. Yeah. And as like a meta narrative, okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. Not a meta narrative, but as a, thing that was placed into the show to set up that sort of story arc, I think Meteor Bem works perfectly. Yeah. So where do we think he goes? Hmm. Okay. Definitely well, top half. D- yeah. Easy top half. I'm Dr. Yagami is jumping out at me as like a pretty good starting spot. Okay. Cause okay, well, so I'm looking a little bit me. more at this. Well, it's just kind of everybody above Dr. Yagami, like the top twenty of this list is is super, super strong. Like these are all rad monsters. In the top twenty of this list, like the bottom of it is Dryer Dimension, which is Rat, which is a super super cool monster. And then we just put in Hammer Chameleon, Key Clown, Gali Sensei, the Media Magician, uh, Zakashiwarashi. These are all like, these are like the heavy heavy hitters, like the coolest monsters that we've seen across three seasons of this show. And I like Meteor Bam. I just don't think he's in there. So just at the just below that is 
now we're getting into like Dr. Yagami and the Kabuki Novice and Kitsune, the nine-tailed fox demon, who again, okay. like those are definitely cool monsters, but that's, I feel like Meteor Bem is, is closer closer to that space. Well, you know, I feel like Meteor Bem, the way that we were describing what we liked about him, like we liked him as a thing that pushed an episode along, not necessarily as like a super cool monster. And I feel as yeah. though we were kind of already in that zone the last time around like apartment building dimension, sniper cat, heat, heat wave hood. Yeah. So of those, I think I actually like meteor Bem the least. Yeah. And actually right below. Okay. Right below heat wave hood is fashion dimension. And I, th- I was just going to say that I think I actually like fashion dimension cool, uh, better fashion dimension had yeah. a really cool, fun hook, but I do like him better than Kikitsuki. The mouth monster. And I'm all right with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, then he goes in. Well, okay, Matt. I'm going to throw this in. I'm going to throw this one more thing. Do we like Meteor Bem better than Iron Mask Choryu? The Darth Vader of Dire Well, Ranger. okay. Now, here's the thing. The thing about that is that Meteor Bem and Iron Mask Choryu are not terribly dissimilar. In that, they, like... They show up, they're part of a big two-parter, and they are a catalyst for things that happen to like advance the characters and push the story forward in a way that is more significant than just being a monster of the week. Yeah. And in those two, I think I actually dig Iron Mask Churyu a little bit better. Um, yes, although... Yeah, okay. I'm comfortable with that. Do I want to put him just below, or is Ninja That's Monkey? That's what I'd say, because I that is Sarugami the Ninja Monkey, who is cool, you know, but uh, but I yeah, think I, Meteor I, Bem is, is better. I like Surigami a lot, but um, I think that Meteor Bem being a more significant monster uh, gives him the edge over Surigami, who is a very cool monster of the week. Yeah. Okay, so next up, Matt, is G2. Almost didn't put him on the list because he's not really an enemy. Like, he's not really a monster. Uh, yeah. He's just the person who was in that episode. Uh, right. G2 so, is a good little robot you know, boy. I... But we do have other good little monster boys on this r- list. Like, okay, that's Shiwara, true. she is a good um, little monster boy. True. Okay, so G2 is a robot that Gray builds who ends up, like, not being hard-hearted enough for Grey. Like, Grey wants him to be, like, evil and bloodthirsty, and G2 just sort of wants Grey to love him. (laughs) Yeah, you know, okay. Um, I I don't think we can actually do this, because I don't think the Jetman actually fought G2. I was was actually just going to say, I don't think he ever actually fights anyone. I think he... Gray wants him to fight, and I don't think he ever does. So I say we leave G2 off this list. Because uh, Zakashi Warashi, they do in fact fight him, as uh, Putan as well. So I I don't think G2 goes on the list, so we can just jump down to the Leech Drill. Okay, Dave. Leech Drill gets very small. Oh, that's right. This is the uh, Fantastic Voyage monster, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um, like Osmosis Chief. Right. Um, so uh, now here's the thing I will say about Leech Drill before we continue. Leech Drill looks very, very dumb. Oh yeah, he looks almost unimaginably dumb. He looks like a man in a leech costume that someone like you know the Pokemon Bee Drill. How he's got drill hands. It's that, but he's a leech instead of a bee. Well, yeah, but also Beedrill has arms, whereas Leech Drill's drills are literally just, like, stuck onto the front of him because leeches don't have appendages. And also they gave him legs, so I guess he didn't just have to, like, squirm around on the ground, which is what leeches do, or swim, I guess. Uh, In an effort to make him more menacing, they did put extra leech mouths on his knees. (laughs) I don't know if that has the desired effect... But they did do it. <laughs> I had forgotten that. Yeah, well, I had to look this dude up because I didn't remember a whole, whole lot about him. Um, so I, so he, sh- he shrinks down and he goes into the chief's body to, like, 
make her become evil and she starts attacking the Jetmen. They have to restrain her. They manage, They find a way to shrink Jet Icarus down small enough to go into the chief's body, but it will only last for an hour. So they need to like get in and defeat Leech Drill and get out before they grow back to normal size, exploding oh, her that's body right. forever. And literally explode the chief forever. So, um, <laughs> which happens in an episode of Archer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, very good episode. Quality yeah. program. Um, so, so okay. So, what does Leech Drill go? Because that's a great episode, but like Leech Drill is like kind of hilariously bad. Yeah. Um. Do we have? But is he? Man, hila- I'm thinking is like. He hila- is being hilariously bad good enough to actually get him some credit? I think that maybe the answer is a little bit yes. Man, I don't know. Because a lot of these monsters are like legitimately very, very cool. I mean... Okay, like, do you like him better or worse than Sensational okay. Character Find of 2015 Energy Butt? Okay, I like him better than Energy Bot. Matt, let me throw this to you. How about Mujina, the manga artist? Himself oh. kind of a... Um, I was going to say, it's like a weird, wacky, crazy episode that yeah. this dude makes happen, but himself, Mujin is like a really weird, dumb monster. Yeah, but Mujina does also shapeshift into like a cavewoman and like a Shanghai secret agent. Yeah, listen, I'm just saying in that that zone, in that zone. Oh, I think it's a good zone. I think I might put him a little below that. After that, we have Semimaru, Um, who's important but boring, and then Fawcett Dimension, which I think... Fawcett Dimension is kind of special to me because it was a very early one, and it really showcased how theoretical those dimensional beasts could get. Yeah, um, I'm going to say, how about a... Actually, how about just below Fawcett Dimension? Okay, where does that put him above? That puts him above uh, Amanajuku, the perverted boy, and then just above Tengu, above that. Okay, the way that you wrote that guy's, the the little note to remind us what that guy's deal was... Yeah, that wasn't actually Always as throws as me off, be. because he is not a perverted boy. He is a monster who perverts your original intentions, right? Oh. Into, like, some version of that thing that is worse. Yeah. Well, he makes you... Yeah, he perverts you. So he himself, I guess, is not perverted. Okay. Maybe he should be under there as perverting boy. Perhaps. That's that's um, a little bookkeeping we can deal with afterwards. Okay, but I still, I'm still cool with that, man. Because uh, Amanajuku is a fun episode, but, like... Getting getting mini jet Icarus to not explode the chief's body forever, I think, is pretty rad. So I, I I'm gonna stick with that. Just below Fawcett Dimension. All right, sounds good to me. Okay, Matt, we're uh, we're closing in on the end here, man. Uh, just after Leech Drill is. Sorry, gotta get to the bottom of the. Gotta get to the list. Uh, imagine Robo Veronica. Okay, so Veronica was a giant robot. Um, which was otherwise sort of unremarkable, except that A, it was very difficult to beat because it was right at the end of the show, and B, was like powered by little kids that had been plugged into her like batteries. Yes. And so they had to, like they couldn't just blow it up because it would kill the children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I believe the episode um, in which they defeated a... the giant or the Imagine Robo Veronica was the episode titled The Hot Milk of Victory. Yeah, well, this was uh, Imagine Robo Veronica was um, Radigat's kind of final salvo at victory. Well, it was his final creation before he himself turned into. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that whatever that said... like giant monster form was. Yeah, that being said, like, imagine Robo Veronica is not actually, like, super incredible. No, the, the, the sort of end mini-boss kind of never is. I'm looking around Simimaru territory. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that is spot on actually. Um like, actually, very I think threatening, I like, but not very cool. Yeah, I actually think I like Magic Robo Veronica probably more than Semi Mario just because of the twist of like being powered by people. Um so I'd go just above Semi Mario, but I actually I don't think it's as cool as the Mujina the manga artist. Okay, so you want to put um, the Majin Robo Veronica at our new number seventy nine, uh, right in between yeah. uh, Mujina and Semimaru. Okay, and then finally, and Dave, now Matt, finally now got a real heater, Matt. It's time for Tomato King. The Great Tomato King, my friend. Guys. Okay, so if you don't remember Tomato King, first of all, what even are you doing with your life? So, Tomato Great King is a monster that is basically, well, he's an evil Tomato King because Raita... Is afraid of tomatoes. Well, okay. So the 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 trick with the Great Tomato King is that he's not actually the Great Tomato King. He's like this amorphous green sludge that imprinted on this like childhood fear of Rita's. Yeah, and was manifesting as this nightmare that Rita had had as a kid wherein he, as a child, was afraid of tomatoes. And so the great Tomato King, he kind of looks like Pumpkin Wrapper, except that his head is on, like, right side up, and it is a tomato instead of a pumpkin. Um, He rules. He turns other people's heads into tomatoes. The episode is amazing. It's like this weird last gasp of Monster of the Week before they hit, like, the final endgame of Jetman. Uh, I love it. So dearly, the way that they defeat the Great Tomato King is by Raita getting over his fear of tomatoes and eating a tomato. Each bite he takes from the tomato takes a corresponding chunk out of the Great Tomato King's giant head, um, and that is how they win. It's so good, and it's such a great, fresh look, and I love him so much. Yeah, okay, so definitely... Well, okay, man. Is he in this, like, top, top zone? Uh, I think he might be, dude. I Like, he's up... Th- in, for me, he's up there with, like, Daidarabochi the Mountain and the Spider Monster and Nui the Chimera Schemer. Like, yeah, it's just such a bananas episode of, I, like, watching Rita go ham on some tomatoes. <laughs> like, okay, so he, <laughs> as this list has been growing... Here's how I feel it looks. So our top our top person is Jin the Demon Fist, right? Immediately followed by yep. the Three Stooges. Yes. We have very good reasons for those being the top of the list. Like, those are great. Those episodes are so heartfelt. Those characters are so, like, richly drawn, which is kind of funny when you're talking about, like, General Kamikaze, but it's 100% true. You know it is. Yeah, um, for sure. But then we've got this chunk, and the and the chunk is just, like, cool stuff. And after cool stuff, we get into other monsters that I have good... Like, I can come up with a way to describe why they are that high on the list. But Spacetime Mammoth, God Noodle, Ushioni, the yokai rifleman who is, a, like, a cow, yeah. cow boy... Uh, Birdcage Vagrant, right. Daidarabochi, and Suchiguma, the spider monster. All of those dudes are on the list this high because when I watch that episode, I just think, this guy's amazing. This guy's amazing and I love him. And I feel like that is why, like, I feel the same way about the Great Tomato King. So I feel like he can't, kind of can't go anywhere else. Yeah, about the Tomato Great King. Yeah. So I think the no, only question I'm is where you. does he go in that list? Well, I think the question is, who does he knock off the list? Who does this dude knock out of the top? Well, okay. If he's going in here, Suchigumo is getting knocked out of the top 10. And I think the question just is, does somebody, like, does Tomato Great King go in that number 10 spot? I don't know. Okay. So I don't like him more than Time Space Mammoth, and I don't like him more than God Noodle. I was just going to say, man, I... 
Okay, I'm I'm really torn. I think Daidarabochi is my is my floor on this one. Uh-huh. I don't know if I like him better than Birdcage Vagrant. I'll, actually, I think I do. And I think I like him better than Ushioni. Okay. Let's do it then. I think I think Tomato Greek King comes in at spot number seven. So Listen, sorry, I'm, I'm thrilled with this. It's it's the last Jetman monster we're ranking. Uh, it's it is swinging for the fences. I think what's really fun is, or weird rather, is that our top four are all Die Ranger, and then the next three are all Jetman. The highest ranked yeah, Kaku that, Ranger. Yokai but then the next three after that. But then the next three after that are uh, Kaku Ranger monsters. It's Daidarabuchi, well, Suchigomo, and Nue. Birdcage Vagrant's in the mix. Well, dude, like, that lines up with how well... I guess we could have predicted this. This lines up with how well we liked each of those seasons. Yeah, but... You, honestly, no, wait. You know what's the well, weirdest thing? Wait, no, no, thing? no, sorry. I flipped... I, no, 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 that's crazy. I flipped it because um, Die Ranger is our second favorite season. Jetman is our no, no, favorite no, no. season. I think I think Jetman is the best season. Die Ranger is my favorite season. Oh, okay. Well, there you go, then. Um, it's not as good as Jetman, well, man, but I, I care about it more. But I think, honestly, the weirdest thing about looking at the list like this is that Ushioni is the top-ranked yokai. And I like Ushioni a lot, but if you had even during that episode asked me, do you think this is the best monster in this entire show? I would not have said yes. But looking at the list, I don't think we're wrong. I was going to say, like, I can't... I, again, I think you're. we are. I think we're right. Like, Ushioni is the coolest monster. Like, he's a cool monster. He's got a rad look. He's got a fun fight. And he's got a brilliant plan. Yeah. So, he's got a gun that turns people into, like, other Ushioni. It's very good. Yeah. So he's now, coated Matt, those bullets with his own evil DNA. So let's, Matt, get into the leader list. Uh, so we've got Gray. Mm-hmm. Maria, Radigat, and then Tran slash Tranza. Uh, real quickly, do Tran and Tranza get separate spots on the list, or do they go in the same? I think they go in the same, because they are okay. the same guy. That is what I was going to say as well. I just thought we should bring up the question. So, um, well, let's just start. Let's start with uh, Tran and Tranza. Okay, so we, at the end of Jetman, we ranked these four against each other. And I think actually the order that you just gave might have been the order that we came up with then. Gray's the best, yeah. then Radigat, then Maria, then Tran. Or did we flip Radigat and Maria? I think Maria is, is a... Well, no. I think we had initially thought that that's kind of how it was going to shake out. But um, Radigat finished strong. Radigat finishes super strong. And then there's like, remember, there's the episodes where he gets turned into a human and he doesn't remember and he kind of fights with himself. And like, we get this sense that, that maybe he doesn't actually want to be Radigat, but he can't figure out another way to be. And like, then he just decides like, yes, this is the way that I'm going to be. And he goes full evil and it's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super, super good. So yeah, I think it is Gray, Radigat, Maria, Tran, and Tranza. Uh, I say let's go bottom up. So Tran and Tranza. Yeah. I dig. Okay, they've got some cool moments, especially as Tranza. I think the reason that this isn't going to go higher is because like Tranza was amazing and Tran was fine. Yeah, um, I'm actually saying above a Kamaru, but below Goma the fifteenth. Ooh, I. Dude, uh, okay. I was teenth is like a weird cracked egg head falsetto talking demon emperor who fishes his favorite boy out of hell with a literal fishing rod. Okay, that's really good, but don't forget how amazing Tranza was after he transformed into like the strongest guy ever and then just continued to act like a petty 12-year-old. Oh man. You know, I dig that, but just like the unfathomable weirdness of Goma the 15th edges it out for me. Okay. Listen, I'm willing to give this to you, but I want you to know that, like, I had been prepared to put him, I was toying with whether or not I liked him better than Daimyo. 
Ooh. I uh, okay. Here, let me let me argue against you there for a second because Daimu as a monster is not super su- actually super interesting, but Daimu like. The ending on Daimu and like what yeah, he actually true. ends up being and turns out, and I think that's actually why Daimu is better than Goma the Fifteenth. Is be- Goma the Fifteenth is like a crazy, wacky Super Sentai monster, whereas Daimu does end up actually having a little like real world meat to him. Yeah, after a fashion, and I and I dig that a lot. Okay, so let's so, let's put Trans slash Transa right be- uh, below Goma the Fifteenth and above Akamaru. Okay. So, Maria. Maria's very good, Dave. I don't know if you remember how good good. Maria is, but when Maria goes back and forth between being Maria and Rie... No, man, it's super great. Like, Um, it's genuinely heartbreaking. Like, the actress was amazing. Um, I... I mean, listen, like, we, we can't in this moment spend enough time as it would take to really talk about uh, Maria Radiga and Grey because, uh, like, right. they were no, in we, so much of those shows. We Listen, um, we did have that conversation. Right. If you'd like to hear it, it's at the end of last season. It's at the end of Jetman, and uh, I really enjoyed having it, but this isn't the time to do it again. Uh, I think um, Maria goes... Maybe not above Shadam, but I would maybe put her above Gara. That is exactly what I was gonna say. So I'm I'm totally cool with that. Uh, okay, so now it's Radigat versus Shadam and Young Noble Junior. Man, like I I feel like I could literally I could flip a coin on Shadam versus actually, you know what? I'm I'm gonna back that up. Okay, so here's here's I think where this comes down to. Okay, Radigat is a much more interesting character ultimately, right? And much because, more clearly drawn. Yeah, where however, Shotum ends up actually being a mud monster himself. Yes. And so, like, it's the incomprehensible joy of the eternal weirdness of Super Sentai, as represented by Shadam, in an ending I still do not understand. Versus what is actually, like, a super rad, interesting character in Radigat. Listen, as much as I love Shadam, and I know he is the world's number one dad, um... (laughs) He is the world's best dad. Um, I feel like I gotta give the edge to Radigat. Like Radigat is just I, a no, really right. good character. Um, uh, no, and, again, in a way that in the beginning of the season he feels like such like a over the top cartoon, but by the time you get to the end, he's kind of circled back around fully to over the top cartoon, but. but- like, like purposefully and with choice like and like makes, decision, yeah, which like I think it makes, makes sense a big and it, difference. It's earned and it's very good. And I like it so much. Okay, so now here it is, Matt. Uh, the Battle of Titan. I don't know. I I wanted a better transition into that. Young Noble Junior versus Gray. Okay. Gray is obviously amazing. Gray, Gray is obviously amazing. Gray is like an interdimensional murder robot with the heart of a poet who just wants to like love his evil girlfriend who doesn't like him that much. Um, he is hand, honorable. He is so good at kung fu. Um, that last fight between him, like that last episode with the fight to the death between him and Guy, is oh, maybe dude. one of like the most emotionally affecting moments in any of the shows we've watched. On the like, other hand, Matt... Gray, Gray is undeniably great, right? Yeah. On the other hand... Young Noble Jr. will turn everything to skulls, though. Everything to skulls. Okay, not only does Young Noble Jr. turn everything to skulls, Young Noble Jr. turned Cocky Ranger around. Like, Gray being in an episode made that episode better. Young Noble yeah. Jr. being in Cocky Ranger 
made it like the entire sh- like his presence in those like 15 episodes made the entire show so much better yeah like just sheer impact i like i feel like it's hard to argue against young noble jr and that's not even including how amazingly radical he was with like his like the black rose in his teeth as he played the grand piano to his evil like cats which were also lady ninjas in his haunted house manner in like the top of an endless staircase like young noble jr just rules so hard dave man okay he does that is super super true i just like here's the thing if gray Gray almost is weaker, or I feel like he's almost handicapped because he is surrounded by such other excellent characters, whereas Young Noble Jr. kind of, like, comes in and is the only strong monster presence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so there's a space for him to do that in a way that there wasn't for Gray, because Gray, like, the other Gorma or the other Viram commanders are also, like, pretty rad characters, I, okay, man. I, you know what? For me, I think for the same reason that I get, we gave it to Radigat over Shadam, I think I gotta give it to Gray over Young Noble Junior. Man, like okay, the f- okay, okay. Let me. I'm sorry. Finish what you're gonna say. Then, then let me make a counterpoint. No, um, and I'm I'm totally willing to be convinced. It's just like it's the fact that they managed to create Gray in what is a a kids show. Like, this is, Gray in my head is, you know, like, this is Optimus Prime dying. Like, this is this is people running this show treating kids like actual human beings that, that can follow and be invested in, like, cool, powerful stories. Um, and I just, like, I dig it really, really hard. And Gray is totally rad. He's like an interdimensional ro- murder robot with the soul of a poet. But hit me with, hit me with this counterpoint. Okay, I think that Gray was the perfect, like, dude to be in Jetman. And I think that Young Noble Jr. was the perfect guy for Cocky Ranger, right? Like, he fit that show as well as Gray fit Jetman. And I feel like if you were writing out the story of Jetman, like, in a book, and then putting it next to a book that was the story of Cocky Ranger... And in that context, you said, which one of these is better? Then, like, Gray, 100% is better. Like, 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 no question. But I feel like in a TV show, and especially like in a TV show, in TV shows like these, the, the visual component and the, the radicalness, the ratitude... I feel like it does have to get weighted pretty heavily. And I feel like Young Noble Jr., he just brought the heat so hard. And listen, like, we might just have to flip on this. Um, Dude, you know what, man? I I think you're right. I think we got a legit... I think we just have to flip on this one, man. Yeah, because, like... Like... And, and it's, I'm only arguing for Young Noble Jr. because you decided to argue for Gray. If you had decided to young, argue for Gray, I'm sorry. If if situations were reversed and you had decided to argue for Young Noble Jr., I would probably be arguing for Gray. <laughs> um, um, but okay, let's let's just flip for this because otherwise we will be here all night and it is already 10:30. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, man. Oh, man, I. I kind of can't believe it's coming down to a coin flip, but I guess I'm cool with it. Man, I don't okay, have a coin. Uh, so, I, I, I got my coin. Okay, hit it. Okay, so uh, you want Young Noble Jr. heads, uh, gray tails? Sure. Okay, and the best monster on the boss list is... Gray. All right, man. Young Noble Jr., you're you. You fought valiantly, but I, yeah, I would have felt good about it either way. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with either outcome. All right, Matt. Well, that is going to do it for the Creature Royale, and we are finally, finally entirely caught up. 
every monster is on this list unless there is a typo somewhere that we missed that maybe we'll find later. In which case, we will deal with it when we get there, but not tonight. For tonight, Dave, that is going to do it for another episode of the Super Sentai Brothers. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes, like the episode coming up next week, where we'll be starting Season 4 of this very program, uh, you can get those updates on Twitter at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, uh, please remember, shining in the, in the Apple Podcasts, oh, there are right. five stars. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on there, or wherever else you find the show. Uh, that is what's going to help new people find it, which we want them to do, because, of course, uh, the beginning of a new season is always a good time to hop on that train. Uh, this, th- this train. The train that is this show. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of this show... It is produced by Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you want to find any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do so at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.